the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast, where every week we speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers, looking at ways that we can help you improve your business and potentially become an even more awesome driving instructor than you already are. As always, I am the ever-splendid and ever-delightful Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you guys have chosen to join me. On today's episode, we've got a very, very wonderful guest, Rob Underhay of Just Instruct. Just Instruct is a fairly new company, and they are essentially offering a host of services to ADIs and fully-fledged driving schools. Essentially, think of it as PA services. So we dive into them about how they can manage your calls for you, manage your diary, and even book driving tests and we get into a bit of a discussion about that as to why it's appropriate or if it's appropriate for them to charge. We also talk about the potential going forward of driving instructor apprenticeships and driving instructors being employed rather than self-employed. Also going to take a moment to suggest you hang about to the end of the show because at the end of the show as well as having the now regular Terry's tips section I've also got a little special bonus two minute clip for you. Now this is a two minute clip of a premium episode that I've done with Lee Sperry on the standards check checklist. So hang about to the end where you get Terry's tip and you'll get here a two minute clip from a bonus episode the standards check checklist. But for now well, let's dive into the show. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, where every week we speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. And today I am joined by the wonderful Rob Underhay. I said your name wrong then. Rob Underhay. How are we doing, Rob? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank you for, for, for inviting me and uh, very grateful for, for, for this opportunity. No, I'm pleased you've come on there. Every now and again when I'm... Uh, scrolling Facebook or some kind of social media or whatever else, something will catch my eye and I think I need to speak to that person about that. So I reached out to you when I, when I saw you and, and you were sort of quite responsive pretty quick and we had a bit of a chat before and I thought, yep, yeah, definitely want to get Rob on to talk about what we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that, I'm going to throw you the question that I throw everyone when they come on the yep. show. So you heard me introduce it there where I speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers. Which one of those do you think you fall into, or, or more than one do you think you fall into? Well, certainly um, being more innovative, um, game changer as well, uh, and like to sort of try and you know would like to sort of literally lead in the field in um, in in helping driving instructors and uh, and driving schools to to grow their business. It is um, something that we've got to just instruct. We've got a, an absolute passion for it to. Uh, um, so help. So what we try and do is we try and we look at a um, where where we all where we all gain. So obviously the, the, we supply a great service for for students um, at, a, at a, what we'd like to think is a, is a great price. Um, same for driving instructors as well and drive and driving schools. So the student wins, the driving school wins because they help it. We help them to. Take a load off their 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 their, their, their soldiers their, their shoulders, um, and we can also and obviously we, we we benefit we benefit from that as well. So we've got a you know it's a it's a win 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 situation. And what we're trying to do if we have that sort of look at um, when we whenever we do something, we introduce another service or or a product that 
first thing we look at, make sure that the student's going to benefit from it, the driving school's going to benefit, and it's always going to be cost-effective for us to, to, to supply that service or product as well. Um, so that's what we're, you know, that's the, the, the philosophy that we try and we, we come at. Um, so if we can cover them three, then we feel that, yeah, let's move forward with this. And um, and then everyone's going to benefit. It's going to, you know, it's going to create great service for the for, for the student. That the, and the thing is, if whatever driving school that they're, um, that they're using or driving instructor, it will look like that the driving instructor is actually supplying that service um, or the driving school is supplying that service, not just instruct. We're a little bit behind the scenes um, to supply that service for, for, for driving schools um, and, and, and independent driving instructors. Yeah, being an, an, an ADI myself, um, we, I, I started to see how I could improve my driving school, um, and which I've been doing. I've been an ADI for seven years now. And you always want to, you know, you, you, you get the student and you want to try and do more than just teach them. Um, but supply an extra service that that um, that would really help them. Obviously, we've got theory tests that we can send out to um, to students to help them pass their theory test, um, book up driving uh, book up driving tests, and you, you get driving uh, you get students that come back and they say, oh, "Can you book up my driving test?" Well, yeah, we can. Um, you know, I used to do it myself sometimes because uh, they would get lost in the system. I don't really know how to do it. And the more I sort of was looking at that, I wanted to create that almost like a, I needed like my own PA um, to organise that because you can spend, you know, you probably might, might know yourself, so 30, 40, 50 hours a week um, in the car and and you want to produce that that, that great service. Obviously, you've got the phone ringing, you say you can't answer it while you're driving, so you've got to come back to them later um or if you're trying to chase up um whether a student's paid or not so i wanted to look at seeing if um if if if, if i'm if, if 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 i want to try and improve my my business then there must be other driving instructors that probably want to improve what they do and supply a, a better service than than, than um than, than just the you know just the great instructions that that, that they can give to students and that's um so that's basically what what just instructor is all about is really so we, you know if you've got an independent driving instructor we are we can be literally be their PA uh, we can take the calls for them we can supply a diary system for them we can um, you know also book up the driving test and theory test as we mentioned uh, and and in the pipeline down the road we've also got some other products and services that we're looking at gradually introducing that that I'm, I'm working on at the moment um, so there's a uh, there's a, there's a whole thing that, would, that, that that we can do for for driving instructors, and again for driving schools as well. So we can, you know, you've got if you've got a, a driving school, we say 10, 10 driving instructors, and the phones, you know, obviously you got you got the marketing there sort of thing, uh, the marketing there. So that's going to be quite a um, a lot of calls to come in um, and 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 to manage. And at today's with all you know, the way the market is today, obviously we're very booked up with, um, with 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 students, and not always necessarily looking for more marketing or anything like that, but certainly just to manage the day to day running of the school 
um, with the students that you've already got and providing that better service um, or increasing the service that you already do uh, for, for, for students. Um, because there seems to be a bit of a, a, a lost income that driving schools could benefit from where, again, we can offer a, a, a booking service for, 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 for driving tests and fast tracking the driving test. We've got a great system that we, where we can, um, we can help to fast track um, driving tests as well. And that, um, and so this could be a little extra income. So, you know, what we do, we give, you know, for every booking um, that we can do for a, uh, for, for, for a student, the, we, we, we pay the driving instructor um, £10 um, for that as well. So it, it's, and that's, and that's, you know, fair game. It's, students can go away and they can book it up themselves and, that, and that's fine. But sometimes some, a lot of students just say, no, just you've got all the details, just uh, if you can do it for me that's great and we can work we like to sort of try and work with the driving instructor or driving school with that yeah just so that they can you know better their better their service yeah i mean you've said quite a lot there that i want to touch back on uh, and i think the first thing i want to go back on is you mentioned about like um almost a, a receptionist as a PA sort of service side of it and it, and it was that, that that first caught my eye when i i think it was facebook i saw you mention it because Back in uh, March, I did an episode of the the Green Room podcast with Dan Hill and Chris Benstead, and we were talking on there about one of the reasons instructors struggle at the minute is because we're a helpful bunch. We don't like saying no to people, and we're obviously having to turn people down or put them like on a 12-month waiting list or whatever. And the point Dan was making there was it was saying hire a assistant, hire a virtual assistant to answer your calls. And I'd, I'd never considered that. And, it, you know, I've been kind of playing around in my brain a little bit. And I saw that you were offering this service. And that's what kind of alerted me to, to that. So what, in terms of answering calls and, and responding to texts, what sort of service do you offer on that, about that? What sort of feedback have you had on that so far? Right. So, um, yeah, so regarding um, how, how we deal, deal with them, uh, I mean, a typical example, we had a, one of our driving structures was, uh, was, was running late, um, he was at a driving test centre and he sent a message across to us, um, could we um, inform your student? Um, now, I first thought, oh, I didn't do that yourself. But it's something we, we always thought, oh, OK, that's what, he asked, that, that's what he's asked us to do. So, again, we contacted the, uh, the, the, his next student just to let, him, let them know that, uh, that, that he was running a little bit late. Um, but um, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, a typical example. But we've got... Um, we find that um, the driving structures that we have, they uh, with their students, it's a service that they haven't had before, where or they've had to do it themselves, book up the driving test um, or change things around. Now, some driving structures have got um, they've got their own um, diary system that they've used in the past, and we, we you know we use um, we're looking at adding. A, a, a another diary system which is more of a simple online that a lot of driver structures already use because what we've had a bit of feedback is no i don't want to use another one because i'm used to that one so what we try and do there is because we love the my drive time um system because it, it, it's great it's, it really does um i've been using it for a few years now and um and it really works well well for us um so what we want to try and do is um, when the driver structure comes on board, we actually, if they still want to use their system, but we're actually going to add the My Drive Time 
to their system so they can gradually get used to get gradually get used to it and, that, and that's something that we uh that that we want to uh sort of gradually introduce because it's it's something with with that system it really worked well for us because what we can do is you know the, the student has an app the driving school has has the facilities to get on there and do whatever they want and and we can monitor it from this end as well and one thing we do really do want to do is, is you know keep the driving school or driving instructor you know they're still in control of of their business we just want them to use us to integrate us into what they already do but to increase their their, their service and help give them more I mean if you take an independent driving instructor if we're doing some of the work they haven't got to worry about doing then they can either have more leisure time or they can go and doing some more instructing um so they can learn you know they can actually the idea is for us to again help increase the um the 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 income for driving instructors by taking some of the workload off them obviously we we we, we do a charge for like our, our pa system or our driving school package but by doing that because we're adding extra services um where they can earn money from and obviously a bit of sweat equity as well if you like where they can actually gives them more time to go out and earn more money then um you know that it's it, it will increase their in, their, their income if um, or or their leisure time whatever they feel is more valuable to them um yeah so uh so that's that's how we can really benefit um driving instructors and and, and their students the students seem to like it as well because they haven't got to worry about uh it's all taken care of and um and that's like a, a one stop so a student will go to a driving instructor or a driving school and it's all done for them um they haven't got to worry about you know trying to find a driving test and things like that and uh and we work closely with with, with driving instructors um in doing that so we're yeah we just want the driving instructor to feel that yeah you know we're their back office um and we we just support them however they however they want us to yeah i think um i want to just touch a little bit more on the 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 sort of the calls and sex i do for a second i'm not going to use my driving school as the example so so yep. tc drive so for example if someone was to ring me and that'll come through to to, to just instruct would that be answered as if it was TC Drive, or would that be answered as if it was just instruct? Yeah, it, no, it'd be absolutely. It, it's, it's all about the individual's driving school. So we, what we do is when a new driving instructor comes on board, we allocate a telephone number to that, um, and that comes up on our system as uh, TC Driving School or whoever it is, um, and we answer it. We answer it in, in in your name, in the driving school's name. Um, so the, the student will never know that uh, that there is another business behind behind it um so just instruct isn't uh, it isn't doesn't complicate things or anything like that um driving instructors is, is is for driving schools and driving instructors alone with um yeah so as, as the student won't even know you just think it's oh it's great okay i've got you know phoned up i've got an answer we um answer the phone from eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock in the evening um monday to friday and Saturday is nine nine o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, after that, then it goes does go through to like an answer phone um, service, or it can get diverted back to back to the back to the driving instructor. But generally, it goes back to um, we haven't anyone done that. We just uh, go, goes straight through to answer phone. Um, so they, um, they you know they um, they understand that. 
think that's great. Um, and it's one of the things that appeals to me because I suppose the last thing you want as an instructor is to be, be answered as just instructor and then obviously not know what that is or, or get confused. But the other one I wanted to ask around the, the sort of the, the texting side of it, um, and, and I'll kind of give you my perspective on this, is that I'm quite personable. You know, when a student gets in touch, I like to have a chat with them beforehand, usually by message, because most of them prefer text messaging nowadays, and to be fair, so do I. But the other thing I do is I will send them links through for all my resources. So I will send them a link through for the 5-Minute Fairy podcast and the Driving Test Tales podcast and my Facebook group and Fairy Test Pro, that kind of stuff. So is that a service you offer? So the student rings you up, you have that conversation, you book them in to, to my diary, and then once it's finished, you then follow up with a text message to them with those those links. And is that something you'd be able to do as well? Absolutely, yeah. It's something that again, what we time because you know we only launched on the beginning of beginning of March, and we understand that driving instructors we all work differently. Um, we offer different things. Um, I mean, one of the driving instructors we've got coming on board um, next next month. Um, he's he's got his own like sort of driving videos, if you like, that he wants to sort of push through to his his, his students. So again, we want to adapt and work with driving instructors to improve our services as much as possible and to adapt to the market that is that, that is required. It's no good us sort of you know digging our heels in the ground and thinking, oh, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. That's not what we're about. You know, we will grow with the with the industry uh, that 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 is required. Um, and that's what we really want to do is to see what other driving instructors, what their needs are and how they want to build their driving school or how they want to run their own independent driving school. Um, because there's some great driving instructors. There's loads of great driving instructors out there. And they've got some really great ideas. I mean, look at yourself. I mean, you're doing these podcasts and that's great. You know, there's other driving instructors. In, you know, as we mentioned about sort of Chris Benstead, he's doing his, his, his bits and pieces. And there's lots of, of ADIs out there that are coming up with really great initiatives and adding things into their services. And it's, you know, I love what we do. I really do. It is a bit of a passion. I've been in business since I was 17, 18. I used to run a riding school for 10 years and I had another business for another 10 years. And I've always sort of been self-employed. I didn't become an ADI because when I was um, met my wife, we had uh, four kids and then they started to become sort of driving age and and i was just in between a few different things and i you know, i would have liked to have perhaps been a a school teacher um would have been I, I would have liked that if my pathway didn't go down that way but um and then the whole idea of uh becoming a driving instructor where you're teaching um students and and, and the good thing about what we do and why we do it is, is you know, especially when you've got a student that passes their driving test and it's one of the biggest moments of their lives, especially at that moment in time. And to be part of that, it's it, it, it is, is what I love about the business. And the more I've been getting involved with the, the industry and looking at where it can go, um, which, you know, we might sort of tap on in a bit, but... Um, it's 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 something that we can um, we can all gradually bring other ideas to help the industry um, because well you know 
we get hold of a student and then we say goodbye to them once they pass their driving test. Um, and then they go out and they go and buy a car or they get, and, you know, and if we can, and obviously you've got their, their, their friends and family as well, but, um, but if we can, yeah, we've got some ideas about, um, you know, the first six months, it's like one in five students crash in the first six months after passing that, their driving test. And that's something we'd like to sort of try and see what we can do to, you know, again, as an industry, how, how we can help um, that side of it and hopefully reduce reduce that. Um, some initiative ideas that what we need to come through, um, you know, whether they, you know, whether we can sort of put a black box in their car for, uh, for six months after they pass their driving test or a year or something. And then just have, you know, again, it's one of the ideas that we've had here is that, you know, we could even sort of, you've got driving school, uh, you've got insurance companies out there that can obviously supply a black box and, and, and keep an eye on their driving. Um, but not every insurance company does that. But, you know, we could have a, a, have a, have a system where, um, the, uh, you know, the driving instructor, or a driving instructor could just have a look at people's driving generally and um and just sort of send them a little message just to say you know be careful <laughs> yeah. um i don't know there's all sorts of things that we could possibly come up with but one in six uh, what yeah one in five drivers crash in the first six months um you know that's that's that's, that's a lot of that's a lot of crashes that um you know even if we uh and obviously not all of them are going to be uh Hopefully they're all survivable, but there's going to be the one or two that um, where uh, through peer pressure has, 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 called, has caused the death. And, you know, it's no good just sort of, you know, putting your hands up in the air and say there's nothing we can do about it. I don't believe in that. I believe that if we put more heads around the table and seeing how we could possibly decrease that, um, even if it's through, you know, the roads, that they are crashing on. I mean, there's, you know, three people today on the national speed limits are going to die today on these uh, single single uh, national speed limit carriageways. Um, so again, that's another be in my bonnet about that one. So yeah, so it'd be great to sort of try and get some more people um, that can come up with different ideas and maybe even sort of pressures on the, on the road safety network um, to do more of a, 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 I don't know some sort of uh, some sort of safety on each road to uh, assess road. Uh, yeah, just just assess the road to see if it, it, it's suitable to be at sixty miles an hour because they don't. I mean, the the, the government's policy is basically um, on these national speed limit single carriageways. They uh, they reduce the road speed after deaths, and that's how they assess. And they, I've got actually, you know. I printed stuff off from the government website on, on, on that side of it, so it is a bit of a again. There's another passion that I've, I've got. Um, in yeah, but we're we're strike three, number four, safest countries driving in the world, but that's still not number one. So improvements can be made, um, and it seems to me that yeah, one of the areas areas is um, these national speed limits. Um, where sixty percent of the road deaths are on these national speed limit roads, um, so is there something that an industry that can can help push that forward and uh, get some sort of uh, yeah reduce some of these national speed limit roads? Because if we crash at sixty miles an hour head-on collision, there's ninety percent chance we're going to die at fifty miles an hour 
then it, it's it's uh, it's fifty percent. But that's again, it's, it's something that the industry could could certainly look at to um, to help because you know we 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 get the students up to standard uh, to pass their driving test and then they go off and say one in five are going to crash in the next six months after passing their driving test. So that's you know that's that's, that's something a little bit different that I'd like to work on at some point. No, I think it's a refreshing attitude because. I think a large part of what I see in here from, from instructors is once they pass a test, it's up to them. You know, we're, we're done there. And I think it's refreshing to hear someone, because I do hear people say, obviously, but the idea of, but we can do more. Well, instead of just saying that's it, it's done, why can't we look at what we can do more? I mean, there's organisations out there now, one of my personal favorites if you like is project edward so every day without a road death i'm a, a big fan of project edward and that goal but you know whenever i see project edward talked about online again that that tagline every day without a road death i'll hear people saying that's a an unrealistic target and my response is well what how many people should we allow to die every day you know and it's it's that and i think that if if we took just took that approach as an industry what more can we do? And yeah, do you know what? There'll be a lot of people that don't want more and we can't fix everyone, but we might be able to fix some people, which then then reduce it. And like we say, talking about the speeds, I, I honestly think a lot of that is is more to do with attitude than, than anything else. It's, there's, um, there's a road, well, I'm not going to describe the area, but, but where I am, um, it's a 30 road that goes into a, a oh, I hate saying rural, country road, and just as it comes to a very horrible sharp bend, there's a 40 sign right before the bend. And I, I can't fathom it. I cannot get my head around why the 40 doesn't come after the bend. Now, I'd say 90% of drivers would know, right, well, I'm not going to speed up to 40 for the bend. If anything, I'm going to slow down to 15, 20. But it's almost enticing people. It's like the speed speeds up here, even though it's more dangerous to increase your speed. And I think that, it's a stupid place to put a sign to increase your speed, but also it's people's attitudes we need to look at. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. And and you're going to get a lot of driving instructors to say, well, it's obviously comes down to um, teaching people the um, you know how how to drive on these on these roads and you know and the disappearing area um, and the viewpoint of where you can drive to. That's all well and good. Um, the thing is, when you've got a, a teenager in the car with his mates and you've got the peer pressure there, um, it's like, oh, it's a national speed limit. Can't get up to the 60 miles an hour or whatever it is. Um, and I've had a student, I remember sitting next to a student and um, he was in a car and and it was it was it happened, fortunately, by the sound of things, it was a, was a Range Rover. So it was a big, chunky car. Um, again, they had peer pressure. They end up going into a, going into a tree. Now, if you've got that sort of peer pressure in a car and you've got, um, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they are sort of pushing each other, egoing each other on. And what with the the safety that has been built into cars these days, there's a more chance of them surviving, if you like. But that doesn't um, take away the possibility, obviously, that, 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 that they could die. But... Um, by doing some sort of risk assessment on these roads. Now, you know, for the research I've done, again, it's literally 20 people this week are going to um, die on national speed limit roads. 
Um, so that's free today, free tomorrow, free the next day, etc. and so forth. And with the government's policy of reducing that, that speed of that road, depending on, you know, you know, once there's been sort of two or three deaths, then they will put the planning permission in and it again takes time and they'll reduce the speed of the road. So gradually over the country, um, they are gradually reducing these, the, 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 these, these country roads, gradually. Um, but only after an accident's happened. We know what these country loads are like. Why do you have to wait so long until someone dies? It could be a, you know, a family, it could be a bunch of teenagers, and then reduce the road. It's almost like we are being used to assess whether it's dangerous or not. And, and it's too late. It's too late then. So it's, it's something that, um, that really does need addressing from, from, from the... Uh, on a national on a national level as opposed to um you know just a local a local road and and you know you go you go and use the crash map uk for instance um and crash map uk will highlight all the uh, all the deaths in the um the last uh it could be about going back nearly 20 years i think it is now and i've done my own research on that where i've been driving down a country lane the uh, national speed limit road and it's 60 and then it goes down to 50 and then goes down to 40 and then say while you're driving through 50 you think well this wasn't much different from the previous part of the road i was just on so then i went back and looked at crash map uk and sure enough there's a few black spots down that area um and then i wrote off to the uh it's actually in, in winchester actually so i wrote off to the council there and asked if they could send me information when the road was that part of the road was reduced, and sure enough, it got reduced about a year or two years after some some accidents, uh, fatal accidents had happened. Now, if you've got that all over the country, it's just a matter of time. But they'll gradually tick off them that a lot of these roads by um, um, by you know, bringing them back down to uh, a, a fifty or even lower, but. Um, you know, let's jump the gun or let's let's get these roads down to um you know a single carriageway at, at 50 miles an hour some of these roads i think if you do a risk assessment if they're a certain meter wide and it's easy then fine keep it at 60 but um but a lot of these country roads and lanes um you can't do 60 and then you've got the very small roads where you can only just fit a car down there's the other little bit of which is absolutely ridiculous and the thing is going down there okay so again people will should be driving um where they know that they could stop easily uh and, and not push the uh push the boundaries but you've got someone walking a dog or there's a horse walking down the road then even if they don't kill them they could certainly do a lot of injury and if it's a horse it'll break their legs and then the horse has to be put down um so that's uh yeah it's a big um i think it needs it, it needs Again, as an industry, you know, whether we, we, we could do something about it, um, certainly sort of speak to the right people and um, and highlight. I mean, you, you've got come, you've got people out there that are sort of high, trying to highlight this, but yeah, not a lot gets really done. But um, yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'd, I'd like to sort of work on on more on that sort of side of it in the right. industry. We're just taking a slight pause in the show to give a big shout out to both Andy Sinker and Stefan Plus, 
And I apologize if I'd butchered your surname there, Stefan, but these chaps are the latest people to sign up to the Instructor Podcast Premium. Because they signed up in April, their sign-up fee goes towards the Walk for Woody campaign, the charity for prostate cancer that Keith Woodward, Graham Hooper, and a bunch of other wonderful people are taking part in later this month, all to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, if you sign up to Instructor Podcast Premium this month, not only do you get access to all the bonus content and all that stuff, but your fee will go towards that as well. That's only in April. But as well as that, you'll get a heap of other content. So you'll get these shows early and ad-free. You'll get discounts on things like Bob Martin's Client Center Learning, as well as Go Road It, with some other stuff coming up with discounts as well. We also have a host of other excellent content, things around the standards check, including a bonus snippet that we're going to give you at the end of the today's show. So hang about to the end of the show, and you'll hear a bonus snippet from the standards check checklist with Lee Sperry. But for now, let's dive back into this episode. And I think that, you know... the more collections of instructors we get together, so whether that's uh, the people at Just Instruct and the people at the DITC and the people at the ADI and JC and the people of the instructor, the more collections of, of, of instructors we can get together, the, the bigger collection we become. Um, so I think that's definitely a good thing. And you mentioned horses there as well, and we may well come back to something that might be going on with horses before the end of the show. But uh, there's one another thing I want to touch on with Just Instruct, if we can, just stepping back away from what we're speaking about then, because you mentioned earlier on a couple of times about driving tests and about how uh, it's a service that Just Instruct offers to book the test, um, to find earlier tests potentially. There's there's a commission, I think you said, for instructors for that. So can you just tell us a little bit about that as well? Because that is a slightly contentious issue at the minute. So I'll let you let you address that to begin with. Yeah, sure. so, so, um, so for instance, if you've got a um if you've got a driving school again with with, with, with say 10 uh 10 driving schools, uh, 10 driving instructors, and if and if you you know if, if we handled all the bookings for driving tests for their students, um and what one instructor would probably do four or five tests a month on average um i'd probably say something like that then you know commission wise just to a driving a driving school again if they if they had that then um you know they could be earning an extra 500 pound a month and that's no cost to them either that, that's something that we can do um free of charge but actually it, it's a it's a revenue coming back into the driving schools again it, it's a win for the for the student because they get their test books up for them um, they get it fast track for them, and where the driving school will win is because it's a service. Again, it looks like the the student um, that it's a service that they are supplying to the student, um, and they're getting paid for it as well. And and obviously we've got a little bit that we that, that for um, handling fees and that sort of thing that that we have to charge here. So again, it's another win for the student, win for the driving school, and it's a win it's a win for us as well. So uh, again, that fits into our into our model i think the question i would ask on that because full disclosure we've spoke about this previously because this is something that i i asked you about because i i've had experience with uh students that have booked tests through someone else and paid like 150 quid over top and, and stuff like that so it's someone that i'm a bit almost sensitive a little bit about um but the way you put it to me at the time was that it's not mandatory the student doesn't have to come to us or you to book the test. They can book the test and just put in the diary. So they don't have to pay that. 
but as you've just said as well you're providing that service and you're not charging 150 quid on top but I think I'd just like to give you the opportunity to explain on that in, because there will be people listening to this will that will view that as, as as ripping off the student. So I'm just going to give you the the opportunity to come back at that. Okay, so so what we do we we, we charge uh, the maximum we charge is 99 pounds, um, and that for that the uh, the driving school would get um, uh, we get sort of 10 percent sort of you know, the, the 10 pound on that. Um, we generally charge uh, 89 pounds for that. For that service so obviously it's 62 pounds for the um for, for, for the booking of the actual test itself um and then we do a fast track um service for that as well so that's all included in that price so for us we generally just charge 89 pounds um but for the if we feel that um again we're in business so we need to make something um on it um so we what we try and do we find that uh, most driving instructors, because there's loads of people out there charging ridiculous amount of money and actually are, and are ripping people, ripping students off, that um, that we feel that, um, you know, we need to make, uh, um, uh, you know, we've got our costs to, to, to cover as well. So obviously you've got the admin, you've got the staff, um, and uh, you've got the telephone system, et cetera, and so forth. We've got the, uh, the, um, the fast tracking service to pay for as well. So, um, but we just charge a, 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 a fee that we feel that um, is acceptable to, um, you know, so we are certainly not in the market to rip people off. We rather provide a good service to, um, to a lot of people um, than just a very expensive service to, to just a few. So, um, yeah, that it, again, it fits into our, our model that um, we feel if we're charging 150 pound in, that's not really good for the student yeah so again it doesn't fit into our model um of a win-win-win situation and again if, if you're giving the students a choice so if if, if me as, as tc drive says to my student you can book this test yourself for 60 quid or i'll book it on your behalf for 80 90 quid and hopefully we'll get it fast-tracked as well you're giving the student a choice right okay so um we're not in the market, obviously, to um, to, to, to rip, rip students off, um, but to um, yeah, because of the market now, um, the, the current market, we just I literally throw in the um, the fast tracking is is required. To be honest, the fast tracking was required when I was seventeen years old because I remember my driving instructor. He said, "Just book it up, and um, and then it will come back at some point in the future." And then just say you can't do that and ask for the early one. And this is in the times when you literally had to sort of um, send things off for your, uh, for your driving test. And I think originally it came back in July time. I was having driving lessons in January and uh, it came back again for, um, for the 5th of April. Um, so it's almost like the, the, a lot, especially now the fast track is just a, it's fairly standard at the moment. Um, the way we've been working anyway so uh, because the driving tests are so far in the future um, we just automatically add that in to uh, add that into the service so if someone was going to do a fast track uh, so if a student was going to do it themselves they might pay 62 pounds for the driving test and then they'll probably pay an extra 20 pound for um, anything between 5 10 15 20 pound on on um, 
on fast tracking again depends on what sort of service you get from it um so you know 62 72 82 um and we charge 89 pounds for doing that yeah so you know so you know we we take all the students details down um we look for driving tests we book up the driving test for them we send that information back off um to student and um and communicate with the driving instructors to make sure it's a suitable suitable time for them to do it so yeah so we feel that uh 89 pounds is a is a is a good price but at the same time we feel that 99 pounds is great because again it's the driving instructor student they've they're, they're working with the student it's a business um for, for for you guys and we want to try and be part of that and add that for an extra sort of 10 pound um for student booking fee service for for your driving school again it's still a it's, 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 it's still a great price but um but yeah now the 89 or 99 pound is really down to some driving instructors because some you know, like I spoke to a driving instructor yesterday um he said um no i'm not worried about charging 99 pound just do it at 89 pound i'm already charging enough um so again he feels that um he's helping his student out that way so again if a driving instructor is slightly cheaper then they might want to get that extra money coming in um through booking the before booking service um and and some driving instructors might say yeah no i already charge i, I charge plenty and yeah we'll still take the 99 pounds it depends because you know sometimes you've got their expenses could be quite high so they may need the extra bit of income coming in where, where we can help them with that and you mentioned a couple of times there about and you've said this previous as well about running the your driving school as a business and something i'm passionate about you know as instructors were often we come into the industry with this this pretty idea of oh we'll just go do driving lessons and you, you forget about the business side of it and and I know something else that you're looking into at the minute is the idea of what else we can do. So the idea of potentially, you know, getting people on the payroll as, um, as, as employed instructors and potentially even further down the line, looking at things like apprenticeships. Now, this fascinates me. Uh, we've actually got a, a podcast episode coming up in the not too distant future talking about um, how we can make students, like uh, as in at schools, want to become driving instructors rather than just doing it because everything else fails. So, yeah, I just wonder if you can tell us a bit more about this idea of apprenticeships and the the, the pay as you go scheme, and uh, not pay as you go, um, yeah. pay as you earn. Yeah, it, it's it's something that um, again I've been looking at for a few years now. Um, and back when driving lessons were twenty five pound an hour, it just wasn't feasible to um, have a have a PAYE system. Or a PAY person on, on on the books, it just 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 didn't the figures just didn't add up. I just start getting up to about thirty five pounds, then it starts getting a little bit interesting, where the industry could actually, especially with today's current market, um, to actually employ driving instructors, and um, where a lot of you know some people they will find that um, yeah you know all my tax or my PAY systems well, that's all all taken care of. Um, they haven't got to worry about. It. They just turn up. They do a they do a day's work, or or however that is um, manifests itself. Whether it's uh, um, paid on so many hours that they do a week, um, or, or whatever. It just needs looking into a little bit more. But um, but there's certainly certain different ways that 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 we could go about it. And then obviously, so you've got an industry that 
if we did go in to uh, go over to more PAYE services, um, employed driving instructors, then right. So um, yeah. So regarding the PAY system, then obviously the industry could open up into um, like a, a, have a have an apprenticeship scheme. And it's again, it's again, I've had uh, um, a couple of meetings with um, some different people um, where they do apprenticeships for other for other different industries. Um, so we've been a bit a bit of a, a, a trailblazer on this one because it doesn't. Um, because it, it, it isn't set in, in in the industry at the moment. Um, so we'd need um, a few people to get together. We need at least 10 um, driving schools to uh, to get on board, um, which is what the basic requirements are for the industry to uh, to set up a potential um, apprenticeship scheme for, for, for our industry. Um, so, that, yeah, yeah. Um, Lorry drivers can go on apprenticeship, um, uh, do, do apprenticeship scheme, um, and I think there's anything the, the apprenticeship scheme. The amount of money that a lot of apprenticeships schemes offer could actually cover the cost of all the training. And I know there's not always a guarantee that people are going to are going to um, become ADIs, but um, but that's something that that again the industry could have a look at to see how you know whether they would pay for training without a guaranteed position at the end of it but i think that's probably the same in all industries without having too much knowledge on it but um i always thought there's never a guarantee that someone may start an apprenticeship and then i'd imagine there's probably quite a few uh lads and lasses that uh have started apprenticeships and and not, and not finished them um but the company gets paid to to train that person um so yeah it'd be great to um potentially sort of to, to, to look at that and who knows where the industry is going to go in in, in the future another five or ten years time with electric cars coming in um automated cars and uh and and, and who knows what and, and you know regarding attracting more younger people into into the industry we need to make it an attractive place where they can start off Maybe as a you know as a PDI coming onto an ADI, and look at um, other areas where we can train driving instructors, fleet training, uh, and, and yeah, and see where else we can you know even even if they can go up to um, sort of larger vehicles or whatever. I don't I don't know. It's, it's something that that you know as an industry that we could look at to see how we can attract more of the younger generation um, into it, and not just sort of people looking at early retirement or. I, mean, I was really surprised when I was looking into it how many people actually started even below 25 years of age. Um, and it was great. It was great to know that there's a few people out there that did start at an early age um, and they started to sort of build up their own driving school. Uh, and that's the thing that, you know, again, that would be an attractive thing where um, if you've got like an un, young entrepreneur that wants to try and come into the industry with some great ideas um, and a passion for it, and build up build up a driving school then yeah you know there's a market out there for for, for, for all of us i think out there uh, i love that yeah i mean for me i often wondered why there wasn't you know employed driving instructors um i'm not 
that necessarily way inclined in that I want to be self-employed driving instructor. So it wouldn't be for me and it's not something I've looked into. And But I, I wholeheartedly endorse what you said there. Who knows what the future holds? And I think that the, the, the way that a lot of instructors speak about this industry and I think the way that the, the profession is viewed, I, I think that needs to change and I think we can change it. You know, why don't people leave school wanting to become a driving instructor? They leave school wanting to become everything else. You know, the hairdressers, you know, you spoke about apprenticeships. I did um, uh, MVQ in uh, an apprenticeship in carpentry and joinery. And that wasn't set in stone. I had to pass the, the qualifications. We had to, to do everything correct and get signed off at work and, and, and stuff like that. So it's not like you just turn up and pass. So people leave school wanting to be stuff. Why can't we sell this industry more? And I think that there is a new generation we're through. And it's, it's interesting that more people like yourself that I speak to that talk about seeing this new wave coming into industry that I've that are positive, that want to, that want things to change for the better, that aren't afraid to try something new, and that even if it fails, so what? We've still tried it, you know. And I think that there is a, a start, a start shift. And I think that if we can, again, this is a great thing I think about being a driving instructor, is that you can come in when you're 21, or you can come in when you're 61, and and it's fine to do any of that, but it shouldn't be doing this because you can't do anything else. It shouldn't be doing this because you've been sacked or, or that being the only reason you're doing it. You know, why can't people do this? Because they go, actually, that looks fun. I'd quite like to do that. I'd quite like to help people on their journey, help people progress in their career. You know, and, and I think that that what you're talking about there is definitely a step in the, the direction towards that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, let's say that we don't know where it's exactly going to go but um and i think what i've found with um life in general you start uncovering some rocks you never know what you're going to find so if you start looking at something it just opens up other opportunities um so you know when when we're set up just instruct we are already seeing other opportunities that we can um that that we can we can look at going into um so we've got we do have some in the pipeline and obviously, the, I know that there's some great companies out there that are supplying sort of driving courses to to students and, and to driving instructors, um, but they just sort of sign up for it. Unfortunately, the students are paying for it through the nose on a lot of them. And so sometimes it does feel like sometimes you get some outside people looking at the industry and thinking we can make a killing there. The thing is, with, 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 with driving, having a driving license, it's... It's not always crucial, but it really can help employability for students. And that's something that, um, again, that I feel that where, you know, I've got, I've got kids, um, I've even got grandchildren now. And, and what you want to try and do is just to see that, um, that they are, you know, if, you, if you've got a, a university student, you know, there's a saying, you know, don't wait till you graduate, if you like, because once you've got a driving license in your hand, and you go out to the big wide world, it's going to open up a few more opportunities um, because sometimes they might have a, an idea where they want to go in life. Um, an opportunity comes up and say, okay, great, have you got your driving license? And if they're up against another a candidate that has got a driving license, they could lose out. But then they're not even going to look for the opportunity that, uh, or, or potential job that would require 
um, a, a, a driving license. I mean, my daughter, she goes all around the country. Originally, when she went into the job, she was uh, using, you know, uh, she was sort of training if you're people in the office there. Um, and then the company started buying other companies. And now she's out all around the country, um, up and down the country, training other people on the system. Now, before that, the job was just around the corner from where she lived, but fortunately she had a driving license. So again, it opened up the opportunity. We need someone who can go and train these other people on our system. So again, she already had a driving license, so she could go she, she could go, go and do that. If she didn't have that driving license, she wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and that job would go off to, her, to somebody else. And obviously she's got a pay increase for doing that as well. And a company car. So it's just a typical example, and that's, and that's from my own home. I am... Um... I'll get your mind quickly before I move on because I, I say I learned I, I started off as a, a, a carpenter and I didn't want to learn to drive. So while I was doing my apprenticeship, I was getting a lift with someone who, who lived up the road. He was at the same firm as me. And then he moved firms. And all of a sudden I realized, crap, how am I gonna get from A to B with all my tools? And there were times when I was getting two buses while lugging my tools about on the bus. And it's like, yeah, I should have learned this years ago rather than wait until about 20. Um, but yeah, just stepping away from just instruct for a minute then, because there's one other thing that I was keen to, keen to give you the opportunity to talk about, which was um, the uh, the War Horse Memorial. Oh, God, I'm going to struggle to say all this. War Horse Memorial. Yes, those words yes, there. Yes, which um, I uh, recently got involved with. Um, it was an idea I had last year, back in February last year, I just had this crazy idea. I just liked the idea of riding a horse dressed as a knight from castle to castle <laughs> and do it for do it for charity. And I thought it was a great way to see the country as well, to go and visit the castles um, at, at, at the same time. Um, yeah, a little bit of a, of a crazy story. But, um, and then the more I sort of got into it, um, and I was looking at um, ideally using like a rescue horse or something like that. And then I started looking at rescue centers and then I come across the war horse memorial. Um, and what they do is they, they raise awareness um, for the, uh, like the purple poppy, which is um, the equivalent to the animal version of the, of the red poppy, obviously for, for, for the troops and soldiers that died in, in, in the wars. Um, so yeah, the Warhorse Memorial, which we raised money for uh, for lots of different charities, including um, uh, let me get these right. Um, yeah, so the Household Cavalry um, is one of them. Um, there's uh, Main Chance, which is again another horse sanctuary. There's Brook, which is the donkey people that uh, all over they have, they operate all over the world. Um, the uh, uh, there's a few other charities just in case I don't get their, their names right I won't mention but they're, they're all, 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 um, all probably going to be beneficiary to this um, so the War Horse Memorial um, again raising awareness so I'm going to basically going to be doing a 500 mile over 500 mile walk from Belmoral Castle down to Windsor Castle this year and that starts on the 4th of July um, going to be dressed in World War One outfit um, there's a bit of media it's um i mean this this um this this sunday i'm up in oxfordshire working with um it's where they train the military to ride horses um so we're doing that this 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 weekend to this sunday we've got a, a world war one ambulance being pulled by two horses 
there's just in Scotland alone, um, we've got three uh, out of Belmore Castle. Uh, we're looking at having a, a military escort, Edinburgh Castle. Um, we're walking the Royal Mile um, there, and uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite an experience. Um, so, again, to raise awareness for all the animals that died in in, in the First World War. So. Um, there's like 8 million horses um, died in the First World War. America sent over a million horses for us in the World War I. Canada sent over 100,000 horses. Australia sent over 130,000 horses. And I think we want to try and make this uh, quite an educational trip. Um, and it's what horses or animals that do for us today. Uh, we've got dogs joining us. We've got military dogs join, joining us at, at one point. Um, we're looking at sort of getting guide dogs joining us as well. So it's what animals do for us today and everything that, um, and, and how we try and give them more respect for, 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 for what they do for us um, today and, and what they've given us in the past. You know, we didn't ask them to sacrifice their lives in the war. Um, we, we just basically, uh, we just used their lives to, um, to do it. So, it's again it's it's something that um again i have another passion for i wanted to <clears throat> do something extra uh that i felt was uh um important um for myself and to raise awareness of, of all these um animals i mean there, <laughs> um there's a, there's a other animals that have been used as mascots and that sort of thing that really helped the troops in in in, in, in the wars um and this one need their sort of recognition one of my students um bless her she uh she opened up a little bit about um how she um her father committed suicide when she was 12 years old and she spent two nights in the stable with her horse um, and she said that if if I didn't have my horse, then um, she could have committed suicide herself. So animals have a massive part of people's lives, and whoever's got a, an animal will know how much that uh, they can. I mean, I've got a I've got a black lab, um, Oscar, and he's going to be joining me on on, on part of the walk. Um, so yeah, um, we're going to be doing that together and leading and leading different horses from the military horses to maybe police horses. Um, we've got um, someone from the, the film industry that's going to uh, lend us a horse as well. So again, you don't even think about what are horses give us. Okay, well, how many films do we watch with horses in? You know, they don't, <laughs> you know, it's look at all the riders and all that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, we, 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 uh, we get so much out of animals these days from, you know, it's just, just being with us, giving us comfort when we're down. Um, Riding for the disabled, so yeah, it's 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 something that uh, yeah I wanted to get involved with. So again, I'll, I'm not riding; I am going to be walking. Um, maybe next year, but um, yeah. So again, we're going to use animals again. That was what was going through my head was we're going to use animals again to raise money for charities and that sort of thing. I think that um, the first thing I do would be to uh, do something for the animals. So. And then, is there somewhere people can donate for this? Um, yes, that, that will be coming up soon. Um, 
the um, yeah, lady called Sue, she's organising that side of things. Um, so the Warhorse Memorial, you can go onto Warhorse Memorial, and I think Blue, you can sort of donate on there anyway. Um, there's a list of all the uh, the charities on there that that, that we support. Um, and we're also going to be supporting a lot of charities up in Scotland on this walk as well. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be benefiting up and down the country. Um, but yeah, it, it should be good fun. So, yeah, yeah, watch this space and uh, hopefully be great to... Um, um, but one, one of the other things, actually, which we've mentioned earlier regarding road safety and, and the horses, I'm going to be doing over 500 miles and most of that is going to be on the road and a lot of it is going to be on these national speed limit roads um so although we're going to be having an escort um vehicle with us as well um one of the ideas we did have was uh to see if um you know there might be a a potential you know maybe like a, a driving instructor could join us um in helping to promote road safety um be one of the escort vehicles and they can take it in turns. Um, so it's one of the ideas that'd be interesting to see if there's any uh, interest out there that uh, people would say, well, yeah, let us know where, where you're going to be and I'll come and sit at the front or, or the back, where, where, wherever the best, safest place to be and just to help promote road safety on that side. So I'm speaking to, um, I believe he used to be an ADI as well, Alan at um, British Horse Society. Um, I think it was or, or certainly in... in with the uh, the road safety aspect of side of things as well, um, so we're in communicating with him as well, and he's a British Horse Society. So uh, yeah, we're we're working with uh, see see what they can do for us as well. So yeah, it's a possibility that um, again over this journey we to have a, an escort, you know, maybe a, a driving instructor going in front or behind to help um, protect. Then and then that might be. Uh, something that, that, that we're looking at. It's just great to see if, what uh, sort of interest we get back on that one. Oh, you're a braver man than I am, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so if someone is listening, a uh, driving instructor that, that wants to, would happily get involved with this and, and escort you, where could they find you? Where can they find you and where can they find Just Instruct? Okay, so um, yeah, we can get, we've got, um, we obviously got the justinstruct.uk uh, uh, website. Uh, Facebook, message me on, my, on Facebook. Um, I've got my own um, Facebook and I've got a Just Instruct uh, Facebook page there as well. So, uh, yeah, they can um, they can go on there and, uh, yeah, tap in um, uh, uh, Robert Underhay um, or Just Instruct on Facebook and it should come up. And just send, just send us a message and uh, I'll get back to them. Cool. Well, those links will be in the show notes. And, um, yeah, just as a quick note for anyone listening, uh, they will be on the website as well when I eventually get to update the website. As I'm recording this, I've got quite a severe bout of sciatica that is making it very, very difficult to uh, sit down and update websites. So I'm a bit behind with that. But, yes, when this episode goes out, I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes and on the website as well. Is there anything else you would like to mention, Rob? Anything else um, you'd like to discuss? Think of, really, at the moment. Um no, just uh, really sort of be, you know, just, 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 just thank you so much for this opportunity. To I'm very grateful for, for you know, let me have this opportunity to um, speak out, just instruct uh, the warhorse and and road safety. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, and it'd be great to sort of try and get as many, um, um, I don't know, search the country for other people that have got uh, ideas about initiative ideas about you know how we can improve the industry um road safety uh, and um yeah we'd love to sort of work with um with, with, with many people and um yeah we feel that um and, and obviously speaking for just instruct 
then yeah, we're here for to really help. Um, and so driving instructors can really sort of benefit from working with us because uh, our aim is, again is is to help increase the uh, the income of other driving instructors um, and b- help build up their driving school if that's what they want to do. Um, and we can yeah, we'll be their office for them. Um, and that's uh, something that again we feel really passionate about and, and offering a really really good service. And uh, yeah, and work with driving instructors. Remember, you know, they're like being our, they'll be our boss because um, you know we work for them. Um, not looking at changing anything or anything like that. We just want to add a service to to what they already do, and to make their life a bit easier, um, giving them more leisure time or or leaving them more time to uh, to do more instruction to increase their income even more. Because they're yeah. you know if if they did two hours a week. Um, it's only going to cost them probably about for, for for using our service maybe maybe one lesson a week, not even if that uh, as a as a ballpark figure. But if they that you know that's the, if they use their full service if you like, then it's probably equivalent to about one lesson a week or, or even you know one hour a week or even less than that, depending on their prices. But um, so if they're spending two hours a week on admin or whatever they're doing and giving them a bit of a headache, then they're already up. They're already earning from it. Yeah. And it's like I say, everyone that comes on this show, I like to get people on that have different ideas, uh, new innovative, innovative, is that the right word? We'll go with that approach. Uh, so I like that kind of stuff. And it's like I say, you're probably not going to be right for everyone, but you're definitely going to be right for someone. So I think that, yeah, there's definitely people out there listening to this. At the very least, you know, have a look at the website, get in touch and see what you can offer. But yeah, really appreciate you joining us here and taking if, some time. There's something that we haven't I haven't sort of covered and there's they phone up and they say, look, you haven't mentioned this, but do you do this? Do you do that? We'll certainly have a look, see what see see where we can help. And say some of the service don't actually cost anything. It's a service, it's it's almost like a shop you just go into and say, Oh, I'll have that service there, please. It doesn't cost me anything, but I am earning from it. Uh, and that's and that's again part of the thing that that, that we do. Yeah, I found that from speaking to you, uh, going right back to early on in the conversation when we were speaking about text messages. I know when we spoke previously, I mentioned that most of my stuff comes through Facebook Messenger, and straight away you were like, okay, cool, well, let's see how we can do that. So, yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I really appreciate you giving us your time and joining us today, Rob. Thank you. So, big thank you to Rob Underhay for joining me there. Really interesting episode talking about all the stuff that Just Instruct can provide. So go check out Just Instruct, the website. You'll find the link in the show notes, and you can see if there's anything that they offer for you. As well as that, I thought it was interesting talking about, you know, the different aspects of road safety, and very interesting, the potential of apprenticeships in the future of the driving instructor industry. That could be interesting indeed. But I am going to give you a Terry's tip. I've started doing these in the very short, and I hope you find them useful. And today, it's another recommendation. And this one is a podcast. So if you're in my Facebook group, the Instructor Podcast Facebook group, you have seen recently one of the expert Thursday sessions was a lovely post by Haley Field. Haley Field was also a guest back on season one of the Instructor. Haley has just recently started a new podcast called Fit for Business. Yours truly was the first guest. I'm not recommending it for that. I'm recommending it because Haley is a wealth of knowledge to help people stay fit and healthy. Highly recommend that when you finish this episode, 
go click Haley's episode, Fit for Business. I'll even put a link in the show notes for you. And go and make sure you listen to that after these ones. If you can take some of the advice that Haley offers, it will help you become a fitter and healthier person. Definitely one to check out. But I did promise you a little snippet of one of our bonus shows that you find over on the Instructor Podcast Premium. Now, this is from the Standard Check Checklist, and this is where we dive into one of the 17 competencies that you will find on the Standards Check. And today, it is the Lee Sperry episode, and it's just a couple of minutes of us discussing it. If you enjoy this, or if you want to find out any more, head over to theinstructorpodcast.com, click on the premium page, and you can sign up over there, or just find a direct link in the show notes. For £10 a month, there are already five of these over there, and these get added regularly, as well as a host of other content. So, hope you enjoy this little clip, and make sure you go and check out. And just a final note, remember... If you sign up to instruct the podcast in April, your fee will go towards a walk with Woody charity. So if you're thinking about sign up, sign up now. If you don't like it, you can always cancel in May. You don't have to pay anything extra and you'll be giving £10 to charity. But let's have a little listen to this. Hope you enjoy it and uh, I'll speak to you again next week. I think the most important thing is communication. Um, and, and, you know, the key words there are, did the people fully understand how responsibility would be shared? Um, that fully understand or will only happen through good communication with, you know, with your learner that you're taking. Um, so I think definitely it's about everyone knowing who's doing what, and it's about the learner knowing what they can expect from you. And it's about you knowing what they can expect. You know, it's just, it's just about making sure that everyone knows what everyone's doing really. Um, so I'd say communication is definitely number one there on, <laughs> on that particular list. I think it's, it's, an, it's a, a key point because one of the things I've been a bit under the weather recently and I've noticed that my communication with a student in terms of, in terms of, you know, deciding who takes responsibility hasn't been as good as usual. You know, there's been a few times recently where the student said, oh, I didn't know that I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, I didn't say that. I will let you do it. I didn't agree. You know, I've, I've noticed that little bit slipping from me. So I, I suppose that, yeah, if you if you miss that initial communication, that's going to have a massive or could potentially have a massive knock-on effect, not just to a, a standards check, but also to a lesson. You know, if a student's trying to do something, when really you should be taking control of it. I think it's about consistency of kind of how you prepare the next drive rather than the, the lesson itself. So, you know, quite often I see that someone will set up a lesson really well. So they'll have uh, an established need and want, they'll have a goal, they'll have a suitable practice area that fits that goal. So it's specific for that goal. And they'll arrange who's doing what for the next sort of period of driving. And that period of driving will last, you know, maybe seven, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. So it starts off really, really well. Um, and then when they come to do the first review, and they need to adapt the plan because it's either working, so it needs adapting, or it's not working, so it needs adapting. Um, and sometimes, I, well, quite often I see that the next drive starts without re-establishing who is responsible for what. So it, it might start well, but then when the driving continues after the review, that's when sometimes people sort of jump into it. And then they haven't really, you know, it, it probably because they want to get moving quick. Um, they haven't really had that conversation about 
on this next drive, who's responsible for this and who's responsible for that and what do I expect from you and what do you expect from me? The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.